Hey everyone, I'm Mark Talbot from 20 Foot Radius. And I'm Derek Myers from DungeonsMaster.com. I'm Craig Sutherland, and you're listening to Recounting Encounters, a D&D Adventures League podcast. A show where we talk about D&D encounters, D&D expeditions, D&D epics, and exploits from our D&D home games. Hey everyone, welcome to Recounting Encounters. It's been a couple of weeks, and due to technical difficulties, we haven't been online, but... We are back, and this week we are going to talk about holiday-themed things you can do when you're away for the holidays and you need to scratch that D&D itch. Now, Derek, Craig, you join us again this evening, and uh, let's get started with some of these ideas that we want to talk about. Oh, but of course. Fantastic. So, um, one, of the, one of the things that often comes up around Christmas, or well, around the holidays in general, is I want to do a D&D game that's holiday-themed, so... I've put together a few uh, ideas. If you, if your gaming group is gaming over Christmas, uh, you know here are some ways you can incorporate holiday themes into your adventures, and it's up to you as to how blatant you want them to be, uh, or how subtle you want them to be, depending on what, what you think your group's going to prefer. Bef- so, bef- before you yeah. read your list, just really quick. Now, Derek, I think you and I have talked about it before. You have run or at least played in a holiday themed game before yes a couple yeah yeah i know i i myself have run that specifically like i incorporated a a scenario into my regular ongoing campaign uh during fourth edition uh what about you mark in terms of incorporating games yeah like whether you played even if, whether it's a one shot incorporated into your regular campaign but have you played in a in like a like a christmas or some holiday themed game or run one yourself i did i did kind of an undead theme i mean as much as undead is is killed and stuff like that but i love those uh what do you call those fourth edition ones you know the guys with the uh the undead with the really long claws and they have that like reach of three yeah the bone claws bone claws yeah oh, right, so right, i right, said right. uh so basically i called the uh the little mini adventure we did for i think it was about three weeks i called it santa claus and it was, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and basically it was fighting a bone, a big bone claw, intelligent bone claw at the end. So it was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, just curious. I just wanted to see if every. I, I imagine there's probably a lot of people do that, but but yeah. Well, so, so let's hear. So I was gonna say, Craig. I, I know you and I have talked a little bit about this. So tell us a little bit about yours, because yours is probably a little more involved than some of my little one-off bullet points. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 just I guess I get get into what I can remember because uh, it, it was a while ago I did it and I just kind of did it on the fly. I just sort of created this little Santa's village, North Pole sort of scenario. Made it like a very basic sort of sandboxy thing where they had been overrun by this dark force and I honestly can't even remember what, what kind of monsters power was. It, it, but it was tied into my home campaign, so it was whatever the big villain was at the time had. Uh, had invaded there. I think the the villain was the Pale Emperor or something like that. Anyway, whatever. Which, by the way, is coincidentally also the name of the next Marilyn Manson album, and it is in no way related to that. But I digress. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, we, we had this this thing where it was like the North Pole was overrun, run, and they had to come up and save Santa Claus and blah 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 blah. Uh, so it, it was a lot of fun, and my players were a little bit twisted, so they did some terrible things while they were up there. Um, but basically, uh, I worked at this thing where uh, because the you know they were able to to save the North Pole, uh, they were given this this sort of 
like incredibly overpowered item, but I thought it would be just kind of a fun thing for around Christmas time, uh, where every Christmas season it was it was like think of it like a, like a daily item, except instead of being daily, it was seasonal, and it was once per Christmas season you could activate this item, and it was like this sort of crystallized, oversized snowflake medallion thingy, and they could. Uh, call for for help from santa claus and he would come rushing in to the scene and help them as as he saw fit uh whether that meant like the the sleigh and the eight tiny reindeer would come flying through and like deal massive damage on the battlefield or you know or he would come in and you know maybe send his christmas elves to come and i always made sure to say these are christmas elves these are not D D elves so these are like little although they're basically gnomes basically right Sure. So uh, it's like so it's like a, a Neverwinter artifact, basically, right? You press it once and it activates once and kind of get this massive damage and then that's it? Something along those lines, except it was also like, it could also be used for like a role-playing purpose, right? Like if you had this, you know, this horde, this, you know, if you're trying to get into the, break into the vault or, or dealing with a complex diplomatic situation, you could have Santa come in and, and, and spread jolly cheer amongst uh, the populace and, you know, things might go your way. Uh, did because... you include him in some sort of uh, pantheon? Like a god? Like what? What was he lawful good? Was he chaos? Did you have like? Did you stat out um, Santa Claus? Did you put him in some sort of god-like status? I think Craig's on mute again. <laughs> anyway, while we wait for Craig to uh, come back yeah. into the recording, because he's clearly on mute and has not figured out how to turn himself off of mute. <laughs> First day with new technology, isn't it? Yes. Welcome yeah. to right. yeah. yeah so welcome to the we'll new come technology. back to that. Yeah. Oh. Um, so uh, building on that, uh, I put together a list of some potential adventure ideas. I, I, I like to call them adventure hooks, but really they can be the framework for a, a much larger campaign if you if you want to work them in as part of a bigger story arc, or they can just be the simple I need some filler. Some of my guys aren't here tonight, but we've got enough to play. So here's a little quick one-off adventure, even one-off encounter. So uh, again, just these were things that came to the top of my mind. We talked about this last week about, you know, this is what we were going to do with the podcast. So uh, in no particular order, I'm going to save a couple of my, quote, better ones for the end. But um, uh, And some of them are, are very obvious. So uh, Hello. forgive me. Oh, there he is. Okay. Yes. You know what? My apologies. That was not a problem with the program. It was a problem with the user. I <laughs> spun around in my chair and my microphone became unhooked. We were just saying first day with new technology. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah, yes. no, it was. And as I was uh, plugging back in, I didn't realize, I guess, it automatically changes my my uh, input settings so i was back and i was hearing you guys for a little bit but i wasn't able to figure out how to get my <laughs> so, mic so, back on. so apologies to the listener we've got a guy who's now we know spins around in his chair and removes yeah. his headset from his computer <laughs> what a fool i am uh, yeah all right so we were we were getting back so it's great timing actually because Derek was just about to start a list so then yeah i don't know if you yeah. want to continue with the list or we'll finish with craig uh I don't know, Craig. Did you, I can't. Remember. It was thirty <laughs> seconds ago, but I already forget. Were you done, or did you? <laughs> oh, I was. I was done. I was. Mark was asking a question, and I and I didn't get to hear what the question was fully. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so I'll just go into my list then. So. Yep. Um, first one I've got on the list here is uh, I've just called it the magic top hat. So we all know Frosty the Snowman. The kids put the top hat on the snowman's head, and he danced around, and yay, good times were had by all. 
But we could certainly make this more D&D-like by having uh, uh, some evil wizard have snow golems that are animated by the magic hats on their head. And, I mean, they don't have to be as, as obvious as the black top hats that you've seen in the, the beloved children's cartoons. Uh, it could just be some sort of strange headgear of some sort. Uh, I mean, you know, play with the idea, but uh, you have these animated snow monsters that attack the village or, or whatever. They're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, and the heroes have to try and stop them. Uh, I mean, you could do this straight up, I just kill all the monsters, or, you know, a more interesting way to be to do it would be to have the characters learn about the magic hat somehow through the course of the uh, adventure, and then when they do face the golems, uh, they know that under certain circumstances they can just remove the hat, the creature, you know, stops attacking and becomes, a you know, just a snow creature, snowman again. Uh, again, it seems really obvious, but uh, my experience has been you take something that... that is a little right on the nose and you run it in a D&D format and it usually takes a while before someone finally says, hey, you know, this is a lot like Frosty the Snowman. And you sort of go, well, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Indeed. So, so that was that was the first one on my list. And by all means, if you guys have any suggestions or ideas on how to improve some of these, uh, uh, feel free to add them in. Well, I have a question actually about sure. this because I, I've been sort of thinking about one of the ideas um, that I that I had. But uh, so you mentioned the the frosty the the snowman one. Do you have one that is kind of like a like a, a Christmas story, like the Charles Dickens classic? No, I do not. So I was thinking about that idea, like sort of taking a classic Christmas story that everyone knows, and, and it, like much like you said with Frosty. Uh, in sort of converting that into D&D, but I was thinking about what if the players were the three ghosts, or, or, or the players were supposed to play that role of the ghosts that were to take Ebenezer Scrooge on his journey to, you know, to, to visit his past, his present, and his future. Uh, almost make it like a, you know, think of back when we had skill challenges with 4th edition. Keep that sort of idea in mind that you're looking for certain successes during each of those uh, past, present, and future segments. You can, and I mean, of course, it doesn't have to be a straight-up rip-off of Dickens, but it can be like a combat scenarios. It can be role-playing situations based on this person's life, and you have to show this person the, you know, the error of their ways and how to truly hold the season uh, celebrated properly or whatever and based on the amount of uh, successes that you've had through the past present and future that will sort of determine what the outcome is if you have like a, a table of uh, the outcomes that you could sort of wrong I, I don't know just something like that could be uh, kind of interesting I like it I actually like even sort of a, a left turn from that idea where you pick one of the players in the party to be the one who's visited by the ghosts you have the other players uh, play the ghosts and uh, use the knowledge they have of that player and that player's character, especially if it's a long-term campaign. They know the ghosts of Christmas past because they've been adventuring with this guy for years. Right. And you have you work with them. You put them on the spot and you sort of go, okay, give it five or ten minutes. Think about all the things you guys have done together and pick the one where you think he acted the worst. And we're going <laughs> to revisit that and you're going to get to point out all the things that were wrong with his behavior and uh, and then, you know, you have some of the group extrapolate from that for the future as well, right? Like like you said, you sort of give them a chance to correct the wrongs and then, okay, well, based on how this character's, you know, been at his worst moments, where do you see his worst future going? And for a group that's been playing together a long time, I think that would potentially be a lot of fun. Even, a, have... one -off, even a one-off on that one is, let's say, like in my, in my case, my character... Um, 
because of a deck of many things, got changed from chaotic good to lawful evil. And uh, it would be a kind of a one-off in the Scrooge type thing where the ghosts come and visit me to try and convert me back to good. Oh, there you go. That's a great yeah. idea. I like that a lot. So it's almost like the the, the keep that keep this adventure in the back of your mind in case something like this ever happens to someone in your party kind of thing. Yeah, I, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I think it's one of those things. Just keep in mind that this should just be like a fun thing too, right? Like you don't want to have TPKs and. <laughs> yeah, the ghost oh, of Christmas sure. future slaughters your party. You have no future. <laughs> nice. Well, what about something like uh, another thing that came to mind would be statting out some of the Christmas heroes, like yeah. the abominable snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and statting out, uh, you know, the Grinch, for example. Or figuring out how Rudolph's nose, uh, like how how much light does it uh, actually produce, and uh, if it can like, <laughs> yeah, if you have a foggy condition where you're lightly obscured, and maybe it penetrates the fog though, and it uh, it loses that. I was thinking, I, I, was I stuffed to... Rudolph's head and hold it up in the snow. Jeez, you wonder why you need to be visited by the ghosts of Christmas future, man. Uh, I was thinking more like, uh, you know, a a more happy story where Rudolph's nose is like a blessing from uh, a sun deity, and it's like it has this aura of the aura of goodness around it, or something, and it bestows flight upon you, or you know, Mm -hmm. something else, something more happy. Leave it to Mark to, you know, take us down the rabbit hole in the wrong direction. Well, I, I mean, was let, thinking let, that you let, could turn it into a red light district. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest here. Most D and D groups are going to come up with that more in Mark's uh, idea there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to another one of these ones. Okay, so again, pretty straightforward. But I'm just, I, I like to give all my adventure hooks names. If you've read my Dungeons Master blog, I've done a ton of articles over the years on adventure hooks, and I try and give them all names. So. The first one was the magic top hat. This one is just called Oh Christmas Tree. And uh, basically, you could you could run this in any number of ways, but uh, the notes I've got here, I put the PCs need to find the right present and place it under the tree, which is actually a treant, on Christmas Eve before sunrise on Christmas Day. And <laughs> this will do one of two things. It will either placate the evil treant, and so it doesn't arise and attack and destroy and all that stuff, or it will awaken the malevolent treant who will then bless the town or save them from the the evil that's approaching. Uh, so again, you could sort of go in either direction with that one. And half the fun would be finding the tree, figuring out what the correct present would be. And then, you know, there's all sorts of little side quests you could do to expand it if you needed it to fill a larger time frame for your group. Or it could just be super straightforward. The villagers say, we have this present, and we have to get it to the tree, and it's somewhere in the forest. Go. And then, you know, you could be as straightforward as that. So, Or you could even make it like it's a local legend in this little town that this is what they do every year, uh, you know, to appease the treant. But really, there's – when you investigate further, that maybe it's, there's not really all that – it seems like maybe this is just more of a superstition than anything and kind of get the players the reins to, to see where they want to go with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I simple idea, but it can certainly go in any number of directions. Yeah, I think it's a good point. To, a good thing to point out that some of the um, some of the uh, options in the the, the dungeon master guide uh, can come into play here when you're trying to have a little fun with this. Like, there's the plot points. I think is one of the optional rule systems that yes. can be uh, brought into play. Yeah, uh, which for those who are not familiar with it, builds, borrows, steals from the declaration mechanic of the Dresden Files game where the the players can essentially 
change the plot or create elements of the plot as the story is is playing out in front of them. And the DMG suggests giving characters a, an actual token of some sort so that you don't have one guy who constantly manipulates a story. Like, you've got your one chance where you can make something happen or you can change an important detail. So, yeah, no, I like that idea a lot. Indeed. Well, it's very easy also to let your players run the campaign. I mean, just like those plot ideas like you were talking about, you let the players run the campaign. So you kind of flesh out a little bit of something like your plot ideas and basically let your, let your characters create it or, or choose the direction that the adventure is going to go. Yeah, that, that's always the best way to do it. All right, uh, next one on my list. Uh, again, kind of straightforward. I just called it uh, uh, Visiting Santa's Workshop. And you can have this run any number of directions. The, the first thing that came to mind for me was uh, the elves who make the toys have been enslaved and are being forced to do something they don't want to, maybe build something they don't want to, do a ritual. Uh, maybe they're being sacrificed to the evil god, who knows. But you've got to free the enslaved elves who are uh, either captured in Santa's workshop or maybe they need to be returned to Santa's workshop. Again, very straightforward. Add details as you see fit, depending on how dark you want the story to be. Or I would actually maybe change the adventure and modify the plot a little bit by say, you know, called Effigy Gone Bad. So these these elves try and create these toys that come to life and entertain children, but somebody poisoned uh, the ritual casting and all these effigies are like turning on the, the elves in the Santa's workshop. Sure. We actually did a contest on Dungeons Master a number of years ago and the winning entry uh, was uh, the, the creator called it Krangle's Workshop. And the idea was that the elves or whoever was running the workshop had created like these clockwork mechanical creatures that would come to life. And they had they were basically like time bombs. And so it was this combination of skill challenge to figure out how to turn off the machines and stop the explosions. But there were also... Uh, evil elves in the workshop that wanted to see this happen, so they were actively fighting you from stopping this plot. It was very straightforward. It was just a one-page encounter design, but it worked really well. So we've we've tried to build on that every year, do something sort of Santa's workshop-y uh, in some way, shape, or form with our campaign. All right, what do we got here that's next on the list? So this one, so Craig, this is one you were sort of talking about. The Christmas spirit, earn Santa's favor and call upon the spirit of Christmas mm -hmm. to summon Santa in your moment of need. Indeed, and that yeah, that's exactly what I did. And I think the the pen that they had was called the spirit of Christmas in my uh, my campaign as well. I mean, pretty straightforward name. Uh, but that was uh, such a popular item because of. Uh, how much fun they could have with it every every like I mean mind you this is over a few years so that they used it a couple of times but I'll tell you every time we played that stupid pendant came up like all the time or like every, <laughs> at least once per session they would mention it or or sometimes would experiment and try and use it and try and trick it into thinking it's Christmas uh, all to no avail of course <laughs> uh, but they would still always try so I'd sometimes give them a throw them a little bone and just like you hear the distant uh, sleigh bells jingling. sleigh bells in the mind's eye <laughs> awesome so, love it like, especially in July right like it's Christmas in July so yeah but, uh, uh, but yeah no, I was when you were talking about that earlier. All I was thinking was South Park, where Santa shows up with machine guns. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's when he goes to Iraq. Is that, yeah, that, that's to save right? Jesus, yeah. I think. It was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then from here on forth, Christmas will be a bit Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was a funny episode. Yeah. Leave it to South Park. 
Yeah. Okay. No kidding. Um, so that that one, I'm giving Craig creative uh, 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 credit on, credit on that one. Yeah. You know, it's like Batman created by Bob Kane. It's like these adventure hooks. They're by Derek Myers, except for the Christmas spirit one. That's all. Craig, hey, 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 wait Craig a minute. Sutherland. I I did have that uh, Santa's workshop idea. Okay, too. Santa's workshop has shared credit. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of that's one that goes with it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Okay. These, I got two more. These are sort of my two favorites. So, uh, the first one is the Nadia Knights list. Nice. And this sort of ties into your spirit of Christmas one, where the characters learn about the Nadia Knights list, uh, building on what Mark said earlier. They could find out that Santa, it, it, you, you know, you don't have to call him Santa. You could say it's some deity of some sort, some eternal judge. Uh, you know, you can make it the whole law and order thing with the balancing of the scales, and so many people have to be on the naughty list, so many people have to be on the nice list. I mean, you don't even have to call it naughty and nice, but you could sort of just use that theme. And you have the characters learn about it, and then either they need to try and get their names off the naughty lists, or possibly they need to get their names onto the good list if there's some, you know, benefit. Only X number of names ever go on the good list in a year, and those who do get some incredible boon that the characters need to resolve their latest quest so it's like well we got to do something to get on the good list um so there's certainly no end of uh of ideas if you've got this um you know divine naughty and nice list and the thing is you could really mess with the characters by you know ramping it up to be this huge great thing and it's the you know this massive deity who will have a nice list and judgment will rain down on you and then they manage to get the names on the nice list and sure enough it's literally santa claus that shows up and gives them like a red bicycle you were on the nice list this year there you go elven ranger <laughs> and you just nice. sort of end it like that and you have the characters hope that you have hope that the players don't reach across the table and throttle you as they were expecting yeah. a you know holy avenger and they get a low red trike but you know what? Even even if they have like even if you don't want to do like a fallout scenario necessarily with Christmas, but you just want a Christmas element, just the idea of having a naughty nice list or, or something similar, I think, is a good idea to, to come in and 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 like Mark was saying before, have some sort of like if you're as a DM, if you come up ahead of time and think of like now previously in this campaign, these are the horrible, awful, evil things that the characters have done, and most likely most of them have committed some heinous act. Um, that that you know this this Santa character has been uh, keeping note of, so you can make yourself like a a table or, or or predetermine some sort of consequence or perhaps a reward for those characters that have been you know playing the lawful good cleric uh, to the T. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fun can be had with that. I mean, a DM who who really has their shit together, pardon me, their stuff together, um, could even be recording those naughty and nice things over the course of a real yeah. year. So it's like DM starting a new campaign in January where you think you're going to play it for a full calendar year, start recording. Yeah. And then come November, you start to roll these things out. And the player's like, oh, my God, you remembered that? Like, <laughs> yeah, remember? You could have saved him, but no, you pushed him off the ledge, Mark. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just, I swear to you, I was going to say that. Wow, I didn't hilarious. push him over the ledge. I threw him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well, then that's my, that's okay, then. That doesn't go on the naughty list. But he should get good, good good guy points for you know converting that situation to making an example of it and being successful with intimidating the next guy up <laughs> sure sure leave, leave it to him to, to try Smooth and uh, dig himself out of that hole so. yeah <laughs> um another way sorry oh go ahead mark sorry i was just i was thinking i was just putting a concept in my head here of you know how you, you were talking naughty and nice and you know santa claus knows everything that's going on 
Well, what about Ben starting something where an adventurer wakes up in the middle of the night and actually sees Santa Claus standing over him and looking at him? Could we do something with that? That actually, I think that'll pair nicely with my my next idea. Okay, so, go ahead. So the next one, this this was my my big one that I'm definitely going to work up in a campaign is. So we all know we all know that Santa uh, has a few sort of uh, uh, special powers. We know that he can travel around the world in a single night and deliver presents by going down the chimney and and he knows when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. He knows if you're on the naughty and nice list, and for the most part, everyone thinks Santa Claus is the jolly red elf in the red jolly elf in the red suit, and that's great. That's his public job. But how many mafia dons have real jobs where they're, you know, someone nice to the public, but behind the scenes they're really secretly evil and running the criminal organization? So wouldn't it make sense that Santa would be the head of a of a thieves guild? <laughs> because how else is he getting in out of all those houses? He needs a network of, of spies, who, uh, of rogues who can break and enter. And so all year, he would be recruiting and training. And I'm thinking it's got to be the elves, because we all know how nimble and dexterous they are. And uh, it's up to the elves to be his spy network, to find out who's naughty, who's nice. He knows when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake, because his spies are everywhere. And they're constantly breaking into your house. And so... I like the idea of Santa Claus as being in public, the the fat guy who brings you presents and everyone loves him and everyone thinks he's great, but secretly behind the scenes he runs an international thieves guild. And how do you think he pays for all those presents? He robs you blind during the year so that he can give all the presents at Christmas time. <laughs> or you could have a Santa Claus as a warlock and he's got a, a pact with some sort of... A otherworldly deity that's granted him these powers. Ooh, I like that too. Yeah, that sounds good too. <laughs> it's the Christmas pact. So yeah, he, he, he's basically, for lack of a better term, he's basically sold his soul for these for these uh, substantial powers. Uh, so exploring sort of the ugly side of what that means for him. Interesting. See? We're all warped and twisted when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Because then you could have his uh, his. It turns out that his uh, his uh, the sort of not deity, I guess, but like the otherworldly patron could be something like Krampus. Which, if you know your uh, your Christmas folklore, that's uh, that's one of those characters that stole children and did all sorts of terrible things. He was sort of the polar opposite of Santa Claus. I've seen the American Dad episode. I know. Indeed. And I've seen your Facebook status. You guys are twisted with social media. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, I, I just I like I like taking the idea of Santa, and there's so many different directions you can take it. I mean, so many of them are are positive, but like we said, D and D is a lot more fun when there's the negative dark aspects to it. So I like sure. the idea of of the Santa warlock, where you know, part of his curse is that he's always going to be 350 pounds. And part of his curse is that he always has to wear the red flannel suit. You know, like, that's part. But he's, he's got that giant sores underneath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's got that giant bag of holding that can, you know, it's like, essentially, that's what it is, right? It's full of toys or whatever else yeah. he may need. Yeah, and the fact true. that he's got, you know, he has this legion of elves at his. Whatever. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's certainly that can go in any number of directions, but uh, no, I just immediately. I, I mean, rogue has always been one of my favorite classes for D and D in every edition, and so 
when I'm trying to come up with a campaign, nine times out of ten, there's some element of rogue, thieves, guild, master, thief, something in there as a major character, just because I always find those characters the most interesting. So that's that's why my mind first went there. It's like, well, how else are you getting into all those houses? Clearly, he's an accomplished thief. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Maybe he's got powers like he's got a. Uh, either a teleport or uh, or a, like a transform into to mist or something, so we can get in those chimneys. Like who knows? Yeah, be he's creative. Like with epic, it. Yeah, he's got this epic power that you know once it once a year, one day a year, he could teleport as much as he wants or something like that. Yeah, or you could you could even say like, okay, Santa is missing, and your party now has to take on the role of Santa, and it turns out that Santa's got all these power items that he needs. It's like He's got the bag of holding that has all the, the presents. He's got the red suit that allows him to walk through walls and get in through chimneys. He's got the, the magic hat that gives him the sight that can tell what your alignment is, if you're good or bad. You know, you could make up all these all these potential items, <laughs> these these regalia of this like in the in the fourth edition magic items, you get like sets of items and when they were all together they became more powerful. You can do something like that. You can come up with like the Santa regalia and the party has to acquire them. Yeah. Or it's for someone to become Santa to do this. And, of course, any greedy party is going to be like, well, I don't want one guy to have all the items. I want to hold on to something. And so you try and convince them, like, do you work together as a group? It may be harder, but no one guy has all the powers. And, you know, for, for, for those for those parties out there who, you know, who want to kill Santa to get all his sweet loot, uh, you know, you can play a little prank on them or like a joke on them in the in the way that you're saying like a curse so you know let's say they do manage to defeat santa and take all of his stuff as soon as someone dons the entire set they're now afflicted with that curse no like no save they are now they now basically the tim allen santa claus movie. yeah they exactly. have now yeah they have now taken up that mantle and must always slavishly adhere to it every year and then the game becomes trying to trick some other poor sod into becoming like maybe it's yeah. one of these curses where you can never give it up but someone has to request it from you and so you put the party in that situation where they're like santa give us all your loot and he's like okay you win haha <laughs> suckers <laughs> you know like you, exactly like you said they think all they have to do is break into santa's house and steal his stuff it's like yeah little did you know that santa totally wanted you to do that so yeah. he'd be off of the curse and then it's like well maybe we get santa back or maybe we find some other poor sap to become santa well that reminds me of a book by uh, Piers anthony called uh, on a pale horse has anybody ever read that Yep, more than once. Yeah, I have not. So, well, Incarnations of Immortality, book one. Yeah, so essentially what it is is this guy goes up and he sees this guy reaching in to basically kill somebody and he ends up killing the, the person that's reaching in the car. And what he had actually done is killed death. So when you kill death, you have to take on the persona of death and become death. So, yeah, so it's the same thing as Santa here. Pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a good series for those for those younger listeners who don't know about it because the books I think came out in the eighties. There's seven books in the series and they are fantastic. They yeah, are. I would read them more than once. I have read the whole series more than once. It is really good. And I've never really read easy any to read. Pierce Anthony. Yeah. Oh, I got a whole. He's weird. I got two bookshelves full of Pierce Anthony. We can talk offline. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you which I know that there's one book that he wrote that just it disgusts me. So <laughs> I've always kind of stayed away from him. Sounds like a conversation for another time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a podcast conversation. But okay, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. It, it was gross. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay. I think I'll avoid it. <laughs> All right. So um, the only other item I had on my list, and this was sort of the outlier, uh, because uh, it, well, yesterday was the first day of Hanukkah, 
uh, and a number of my colleagues are of the Jewish persuasion, so they were talking about this at work today, the idea of the um, lighting the menorah. Uh, again, I'm not of the Jewish faith, so if I'm screwing this up, I apologize to anyone uh, if you're getting offended, but um, my understanding is you get the menorah and you got you do the eight, you know, you light a different uh, candle every night for the eight nights, and I know there's all sorts of story and religious significance behind it, which I'm not aware of, so sorry about that, but you could tie that into your D&D campaign in some way around the, the lighting of the eight fires, whether it's, uh, you know, one a day for eight days or whether it's you've got to get eight eight fires lit up at the same time. And you tie it into something a little more significant than just running around the town for the sake of arson. But uh, I, I'm almost thinking something more grand scale, like in Lord of the Rings, at least in the movies where they got to light the signal fires and then you see all the fires sort of across the mountains being lit up one after the other. So... You know, you could tie it into something on a more grandiose scale like that, where you've got to get these eight signal flares lit up because it's going to represent something amazing that's about to happen, or it's a warning of something devastating that's going to happen that you need to, be, you know, be ready to defend against. Um, so anyway, that that one just sort of came to mind while we were uh, while we were chatting. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was sort of it for my list. You guys think of anything else? So, you know, something came to mind as we were talking, and now it's completely left my mind. So, <laughs> well, while while you're thinking of that, I was thinking of another one. You know, just a little simple quest, a one-off, as you would say. Um, that Santa's reindeer are actually fairies that have polymorphed each other themselves once a year in order to fly Santa's sleigh. And then this year, they're missing some components, or some components were stolen, or some of their magic powder was stolen. And they ask the adventurers to find who did it, and they need it by a certain time, so another timeline-type adventure. Yeah, I find, in general, any adventure where the PCs are on the clock is usually a good starting point, uh, especially if you're running into problems with the five-minute workday where PCs are constantly wanting to rest after they use their best stuff. Um, I mean, that was a huge problem with 4th edition. It's been less of a problem with 5th edition, for me anyway, but... I, I'm a big fan of campaigns that are on the clock for exactly that reason. Yeah. Well, the idea that I was thinking about, now that I, I have, in fact, recalled it, uh, is uh, I'm assuming you have both watched Futurama in the past? Uh, on occasion. Some episodes. So they have a Christmas episode where Santa has been replaced with a robot, and uh, he delivers presents to everyone. However, something went wrong with his programming, and he becomes overly harsh uh, and always judges everyone to be naughty all the time. And when Except someone's Bender. naughty, oh, sorry. Except Bender. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so. Taking that idea that like maybe there's a curse placed on Santa where he always he's like a glass is empty kind of guy now he's always very, yeah I mean you could play him as maybe just being very depressed and very oh, well what's the point everyone's bad or you know a little more malicious where he now he wants to come out and dole punishment and no matter how good someone's been he'll always find that one little instance where perhaps you weren't quite as good as uh, his high standards were uh, but again this could be some sort of like a curse that has been placed on on Santa, and it's it's it, using the sort of idea of you have a certain amount of time to to undo this curse and to find out you know who's responsible for it or or how do you reverse this because come Christmas Eve or or you know whatever day you're going for, uh, he's going to be going out to to deliver his his brand of justice. So I don't know, that's just yeah. uh, something that sort of popped into mind. 
No, I like that. I like that idea. And you could even tie that into the whole naughty and nice list where yeah, yeah. maybe he visits one of the PCs and attacks them, and then it's like the PCs find out that part of this a, attack was because they were on the naughty though. list. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, how that? why was this going on? Oh, well, you were on the naughty list. For what? And then they explain it, and you're like, oh, please, that was so marginal in the world of D&D. And then they start to realize, like, hey, yeah. we were on the list for that. How bad do you think other people are? Like, uh oh. And I mean, you can leave it for your players to go find the source of the curse or whatever's causing to behave this way, or you know, if they're like, you know what, let's just go to him and to put him down. And then you yeah. can do that, like we talked about before. We can do that thing where now you're, oh, guess what? Now you're Santa Claus. So you kind of almost give your your players that choice to do that, but then there's this major drawback to doing it. So I don't know. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of ideas that you can use for this. Yeah, no, you can also I... do uh, Santa Claus is blackmailed, so basically Jack Frost kidnaps Mrs. Claus, and along those lines. Oh yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah, uh, uh, there was an animated movie I think it came out a couple of years ago called Rise of the Guardians, and it yeah, was like I saw that. Santa and Jack Frost and the Easter Bunny. I think it's Hugh Jackman as the voice of the Easter Bunny, if I remember correctly, and. Uh, it, it, again, it was an interesting take on what these characters could be. So, like, Santa, if I remember correctly, it was um, Alec Baldwin did the voice of Santa, and he played him like a Russian mobster, and he had, like, twin scimitars. <laughs> he was, like, a badass fighting guy. Right, right, right. I that was Santa, wasn't about. it the rabbit that had twin scimitars? I think Santa did, too. Or Santa, yeah. had, or Santa had guns, but I'm pretty sure he had swords. And he had tattoos on his arms and stuff. Yeah, like, he was all tattooed, and he was, he was, like, more muscly. Like, he was a big guy, but he was he was very muscular, too. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, that was again. Good, that was a good movie. It was an interesting, an interesting interpretation of what could these characters be. And so when you just said Jack Frost, that's where my mind went because the story of the the story focuses initially on the Jack Frost character as he realizes who he is. And uh, so yeah, no, it's again you're going to use the holiday themes that you some we started off talking about the Grinch. I mean, there's tons of ways you can use these familiar characters in ways that they make sense in D and D. Whether you want to stat them out yourself or whether you want to find a monster Seriously. that's appropriate you could look at any holiday movie like from all the way from like home alone to like you know to whatever and you could find ideas there and incorporate it into your game and your your players you know are most likely going to recognize these really iconic sort of things right like you said the frosty hat or or even like the idea of like home alone booby trapping a house because some bumbling criminals are trying to come in you know, some... it's Santa's rookie elves trying to get their uh, get their badge for breaking and entering. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Puts them through a meat grinder. <laughs> oh, jeez. Then you can choose to use like lethal or non-lethal damage. <laughs> yeah. Elf patties oh, for stuff. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, there's there's tons of ideas, and I think we could probably spend like hours and hours talking about just random ideas that come to our head for this kind of thing. Yeah. Now I, now I want to go and play some more. It's unfortunate yeah. <laughs> my group's not going to be able to play for another week or two. So, no, I, I think that's good. I mean, we've covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think anyone who's looking for ideas, hopefully our brainstorming session here has helped them. And, uh, you know, maybe if we get our act together in time for next year, we can actually put pen to paper or uh, or keys to keyboard and uh, and and write out some of these ideas and and make them available early enough that people can work them into their games. Now you just remember, if you're using a, a, one of our ideas here, you let your group know whose idea it really was. Yeah. <laughs> Dungeonsmaster.com. Derek Myers, aka Amron. 
<laughs> and th- and two other guys. You don't need to remember their names. <laughs> don't worry about that. They're oh. very inconsequential. <laughs> They're the worker elves. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, very nice. Very true to the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Santa's on the naughty list with me this year. So, so Derek, you did mention, though, that uh, you're not going to be playing for the next couple of weeks. Um, so I don't know what, what kind of things you're going to do to scratch that itch. I know you, you're going to want to play some D&D. Uh, yeah, you know, but you, your group's not gonna be there. No, I think I'm gonna have to resort to uh, Lords of Waterdeep board game or other uh, fantasy type of of board games. Because uh, although my normal D and D group isn't here, I'm gonna have family uh, over for Christmas. So I think I, that's that's probably the closest it's gonna come for me. And of course, I, I'm, I'm currently reading the Game of Thrones novels. So when in doubt, you can always just pick up a book that's fantasy related. That'll help scratch that itch. Yeah, so I think yeah, a lot of people have this sort of uh, issue around, not even just Christmas, but around any major holiday where you can't play that week. You know, your your friends are all busy doing something with family or, or whatever, but uh, there certainly are other ways to go out there and find a, a way to scratch the gaming itch. Uh, and, you know, sometimes the first thing I would suggest, too, for anyone is if, 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 if it's a thing where you're, you're home but everyone else is gone and it's just the only thing holding you back from not playing is that no one from your home group is home, check a local store. There's entirely possible that there could be a group meeting up, uh, you know, doubtful on Christmas itself, but, you know, in and around that time. And you might be able to find a, a nice little pickup group and sort of get out of your element and try pickup games so i i would recommend calling ahead of course and see if any stores are gonna have any any games running uh and if not you could always put something up too at a store uh with their permission if they have like a cork board or something like that that's always an idea yeah for for those of you that are uh, a little bit of computer enthusiasts there's also Neverwinter, which is launching their winter festival beginning December 18th and runs till January 8th. So if you really just want to collect some stuff, get some new companions, um, you know, a uh, new mount, and just have some fun fishing, killing things on ice, and doing some sledding, well then, winter festival's for you. It's a lot of fun, and, you know, you get a lot of transmutation items. A lot of fun, and I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time on that because I've got to scratch my itch also. I'm not playing for three weeks. Yeah, and the great thing about Neverwinter is that it's free, right? Like, you don't... Even if you're just going to play it for a little bit, you don't have to invest anything into it. You can load it up, and it, it's definitely a good way. Like, it's, it's you know, it's Neverwinter, so it's directly Forgotten Realms related. Uh, you'll, if you're playing in any of the... Uh, the encounter seasons, you're going to probably see some of the NPCs' names that you recognize. Now, Mark, I know you're more um, uh, into it than I have been. Like, I, I played it a little bit. Uh, are there a lot of the NPCs from the, the seasons that we've been playing over the past couple seasons? There there have, and there have been. And uh, one of the big ones that has come up is Wrath Mord- Modar. He, uh, he turns out to be a, a good guy for the first two or two modules. Uh, no, Dreadring and Icewind Dale, Wrath Mod- Modar was involved in that. And now in Tyranny of Dragons, he's gone back to the dark side, and he's now one of the characters that you have to kill in uh, the new Rise of Tiamat. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's, um, yeah I guess that's the other thing, too. It is uh, caught up on the current storyline, too, right? Like, it's right, right in there with the rest of it. Exactly. You also get to fight Rohini. Uh, for, anybody, for anybody that followed us way back when, when uh, yep. Arthai. Yeah. Uh, what's the dragon's name again? Kurt 
Shartilifax. Yeah, you get to kill Shartilifax. Shartilifax is one of the dragons in the Karundax uh, dungeon. Very so cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I know not everyone's going to have a computer that can necessarily run this game, So, uh, but, you know, if, if that's the case, there are still <coughs> other options. I know that they have, over the past year, they've re-released the, the old classics, Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2. Uh, these will run on very old machines. They're not very demanding. Uh, there's also Icewind Dale, which is, uh, and these are, of course, again, these are all very popular Forgotten Realms locations, but they're also very good video games. I can tell you from first-hand experience, if you're into a video game, uh, you're looking for a good computer role-playing game, you haven't tried these ones before, these are excellent, excellent entries, and I, I would absolutely urge you, even if you, you're playing Neverwinter and it's something that you may be curious about as well, I highly recommend it. They're, they're all very good games. And, uh, and they're dirt those, cheap. You, dirt, dirt, dirt dirt cheap. It'll run on yeah. pretty much anything you have at this point. They're, they're old enough games, but they're also not old as in like really ugly bit graphics, right? Like they, they still look pretty decent. Yeah, and they're they're. I bought my I bought my new Baldur's Gate edition for uh, I think it was six dollars. Right. So it's it's dirt cheap. Yeah, you can get them on like Steam. You can get them on GoodOldGames.com. You can get them pretty much any sort of a you know digital delivery service that will have them. So sure. highly recommended. Excellent, and of course. Uh, you know, when in doubt, you can always just go to your local theater and uh, see the third Hobbit movie. Oh, very good idea. Yeah, rent a bunch of fantasy flicks or just download them or whatever you do, stream them online. Netflix got a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, you can scratch that itch. Yeah, lots yeah. of options. Yeah, and you know, if you're if you're you know sort of kind of tight for money right now, you don't want to spend a whole lot in terms of uh, stuff. Maybe you bought a whole bunch of Christmas presents for the family. You could always go to it's kind of this crappy website, but it's called DungeonsMaster.com. They they sometimes have an article or two that might be worth reading. <laughs> oh. Well, I appreciate the plug. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean certainly there's lots of um, you know there's there's lots of a community sites that you can uh, get involved in and just talk D&D with people on the message boards and stuff like that on various websites, but but yeah. Cool. Well, um, uh, this will probably be our last podcast before the holidays, so uh, for everyone listening, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, and have a safe uh, vacation if you're going anywhere, safe travels, and we'll be back in the new year with more podcasts and back to public play. Joyeux Noël à tous. That's French for Merry Christmas. Bibliotech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Derek echoed it for all of us. Yeah, yeah. That, he echoed it for all of us. Merry Christmas, all. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back with some brand new, some good ideas for next year. Indeed. So this concludes our podcast for what was it called? Fantasy themed one-offs, pretty much. It's right. called the holiday adventure edition. hooks for the holiday season. There we go. Holiday, holiday merriment. Yes. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Indeed. You can follow me on Twitter at Amaron underscore DM, and be sure to visit DungeonsMaster.com for original D&D 4th Edition material, including a weekly field report of my D&D Encounters experiences. And follow me on Twitter at 20foot, and visit 20footradius.blogspot.com for your weekly dose of D&D Encounters. That's 20footradius20ftradius.blogspot.com. Until then, have a blast.